0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Kim Unity Solutions podcast. I am your host, Kim the SME. I am the speaker of my experiences. And that's what this podcast is all about. Is it's about sharing real life experiences, having mindful conversations that produce practical and unifying solutions. Okay? So I hope you all had a wonderful week. Today we're going to be talking about overthinking. Have you ever caught yourself overthinking? Have you ever caught yourself just digging down a rabbit hole of information? Just regurgitating thoughts and thinking about the what ifs and the what happens and the what could ofs and the what should ofs. I used to proud myself and I still do that I'm great at critical thinking. But then I started to realize that it started to become excessive. And that's pretty much what overthinking is, is when you start losing sleep and and you become exhausted, okay, from just thinking and your mind wandering and trying to find solutions or um, never-ending analysis, excessive analysis. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's get into it. So the Merriam Dictionary, when I looked it up, it defines overthinking as to put too much time into thinking about or analyzing something in a way that's more harmful than good. So when reading that definition, it's saying two things. There's two negative aspects of it. First, it's taking too much of your time. And the second is your analysis is doing more harm than good. And so that's really not the, um, the goal of analysis, right? We want it to be um, positive. We want it to come to a a positive conclusion or a conclusion that we can make a solid decision on. But if it's doing more harm than good, then, you know, it's not a great benefit. Now I found myself overthinking when my daughter, this is when I really, really knew that I had a problem. Okay. So my daughter came home. She had been working at this job. And I guess she went out to eat after with her friends. And so she called me. She said, mom, I'm on my way home and I brought you some onion rings. I'm bringing you some onion rings home. I'm like, yes, thank you so much. Right. And so I'm thinking because I don't like all onion rings. I don't like the smooth onion ring. If if I could give you a visual, I don't like the smooth onion rings. I like the flaky. Right? I like the crunch on it. I don't like the smooth ones. But I was I'm grateful anyway, right? Because it's the thought that counts and she didn't have to do it and she was thinking of me. Right? So she comes home, she brings it to me and then um I'm in the kitchen, she drops it off and then she runs upstairs. And so I am ready for these onion rings. Have you ever have you ever um made something at home or had some leftovers and then went to work and you were just ready to to get into it when you got there and it wasn't there? Well, this was like the same effect. She brought it to me. I'm excited to eat it. I open it and guess what it was. It for sure was not onion rings. It was curly fries. And I'm thinking to myself like, how does she bring me curly fries home and say that it's onion rings? Like, who does that? Right. And it's funny. It is. It's funny. But at the time, I'm like, I'm really overanalyzing it. Like, does she know? Does she know that these are curly fries and not onion rings? Have I ever introduced her to curly fries? Have we ever been to a restaurant that even served curly fries? And I could not think. And so I called her down and I'm like, you know, come downstairs for a second. I said, look at this. I said, these are curly fries. These are not onion rings. And she was like, oh, mom, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And I'm sorry. I'm trying to really understand. Like, did you not know, or have you not seen these before? You know? And so it, again, this is the rabbit hole that I'm referring to. And so we were, we started laughing and, you know, I was just shaking my head. Like, where did I go wrong? And, you know, you know, goofily, goof uh in a comical way, in a upbeat, lightweight way, but I'm still thinking, right? Even until the until the evening time when I'm bathing, I'm in the tub, like, have I ever taken her to get onion rings? At the fair? No, at the fair we get turkey, turkey legs and corn dogs, and I can't think of any restaurant that I take her to and McDonald's doesn't serve, you know, uh curly fries. So Again, this is part of the overthinking. And as minute as it was, I was really trying to get to the bottom of it. I was really trying to identify um, the root of it. Right. So that's just a simple example. Um, I'm not sure if you've experienced anything like that. And um, uh, that's just one of the, the scenarios that popped into my head of when I really knew I said, "Okay, you know what? Why am I even still thinking about this? You know, I, I've gone too far. We laughed about it for several days. And so um, I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> so, if you have ever experienced that, I mean, shout out to all of my fellow critical thinkers and overthinkers. Shout out to you. You all are um, remarkable. You all are. Great problem solvers. Um, we have great problem solving skills and we just need to relax our minds and our emotions, you know, our bodies and our minds and our energy deserves it. OK, so we just need to lighten up a little bit. And to, and to those who are listening, who are not overthinkers and cannot relate at all, you may be working with someone with this kind of mentality you, or this personality trait. You may have a manager who is always kicking back work because maybe um, it's not to their standards or um, they have a personality trait of a perfectionist. Okay, so this is all and everything that I talk about on these episodes is for us to all understand something that maybe we have or we are or we aren't, but but we can relate to someone else or we can be more understanding, okay? That's what creates unity. And so, again, if this is your first time tuning in to the Community Solutions Podcast, it's all about unity. It's all about finding the solution to unity. And my solution is karma, intuition, mindfulness. Treat people how you want to be treated. Intuition, listen to your guide. And mindfulness, being understanding, extending grace and empathy to others. Okay, so if you are not an overthinker, this is all about how to understand how our minds work or critical thinkers, how our minds work and how you can um, play a part in it, how you can um, assist or work around, work with the person. Okay, so this is beneficial to everyone. Now, when I looked into the different aspects. I was wondering like, okay, are there different aspects of of overthinking? And I found three. So the first is called cognitive bias. So cognitive bias, bias is basically already having a decision and already believing in something, but always researching it just to support that thought, whether positive or negative, you're always, you're biased. You could have a view, viewpoint, right? And then you're always finding information That supports that viewpoint. Okay. I can't relate to that one, so I can't go any deeper than that. Um, Rumination. So when I read it, I thought of it as a more circular effect, a more circular uh, uh, challenge. Okay. So that's basically um, continuously focusing on a negative experience. So it's the same experience, but you're always thinking about it. It could be a childhood trauma. It could be you um, losing your car. Maybe your car got repoled and you just can't get over the fact that you fell that low or you lost your home and you, you just always think about it and you go into this um, negative space, okay? Something that you're always thinking about. So that's circular. That's in my mind, I'm saying circular, okay? And then the third one, this is the category I fall into um, when I'm dealing with myself. Now, it's not with other people, but it's with myself. And this one is perfectionism and control. Perfectionism and control. And so um, many times overthinkers are considered perfectionists. Why is that? Because we're always looking for the solution. We want it to be right. We want to make sure we've exhausted all options. We want to make sure that we've thought it all the way through. We've looked at um, the cause and the effect. and you know, which solution would would be the best. And at some point, sometimes we don't find that or or delays our decision-making. Sometimes we can be looking too far into something that we've spent so much time. Okay. So that is um, the third aspect of being an overthinker. We are always trying to anticipate, like, Every single possible outcome, every single possible effect. And this is great in certain circumstances. But in the other, timing is everything. What good is it to um put all of this energy and effort into something and then maybe miss your deadline? So General Colin Powell has a great rule, right? It's called his 4070 rule. And basically what it says is that making a decision based off anything less than 40% is going to be inadequate. There's too much room for mistakes. Okay, but over 70, if you are trying to get more than 70% of all the information to make a decision, then you have wasted too much time. He says that you will end up taking too long. The opportunity has already passed you by. I thought that was major. The decision, he says, the decision has already been made for you. So that's why it's so important for us overthinkers to, number one, acknowledge that you're overthinking. At some point, you have to identify it. You can't be so out of tune that you are not paying attention to your thoughts. I'm hoping that makes sense. You have to be aware of what you're doing. And so, like I said, when I was giving you the example of the of the curly fry versus the onion rings, I'm telling you that I thought like, okay, I've thought about this way too much. At some point, you have to think about it. Right. Too much time had passed by. Okay, And again, going back to the the Webster, uh, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it that was one of the things you're putting too much time into thinking about it and then it does more harm than good. Okay. So I mean, I just wanted to share that rule with you, that 4070 rule. I thought that was powerful, powerful, powerful. Now, on the other hand, on the other hand, there are people that can make decisions at the drop of a dime. They don't think it all the way through and you know, um, Sometimes that can irritate the overthinker because it's like, okay, you didn't think that all the way through or what happens if this happens or, you know, what's the cause and effect of that decision, right? And so um, there's pros and cons to everything, right? There's a benefit and there is a drawback to everything. Um, but it's great to be paired with It's great if a overthinker is paired with someone that can make a decision quickly who is not caught up in uh the solution being perfect, okay, I think that would be a great, great team. They don't need all the details um and they are comfortable in that decision and I just look at them like, Wow, how do you do that or the people that are just spontaneous? let's get up and. And, uh, you know, drive to Florida or go to Florida. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, where did this come from? I have to pack. I need to get my nails done. I, I had something planned on this day. You know, I need, I need more time to think about it. How, where are we going to stay? Are we, are we driving or flying? What are we going to do when we get there? You know, and so, again, it's good to have some, somebody that compliments you, whether it's personal or professional, whether it's at work or at home. OK, because if everybody's overthinker, I'm not sure exactly how how uh, everything's going to get accomplished. But that's just really something to think about. Right now, I'm reading a book called Your Next Five Moves by Patrick. Uh, Bet David. And in this book, he's referring to another book. Right. It's called The Toyota Way. And it was written by Jeffrey Likes. And he is saying how Toyota um, was able to get at the top of their game by making split decisions, right? And let me read you what he says. He says, um, This book, he's talking about the, the Toyota way. It says, it states that they addressed every problem that arose on the assembly line in no more than 59 seconds. They addressed Every problem on the assembly line in no more than 59 seconds. I have to say that that hit me on so many different levels that hit me on so many different levels. It says that um, the company gave everyone on the assembly line a bell to ring. As soon as an employee found a problem, they would ring the bell and a supervisor would hurry over to resolve the problem. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if every company did that? Can you imagine? Because like I have said in previous episodes, I have been in positions in corporate America to where I have um, raised issues that I saw were going to be a problem that were already a problem that could have been a, um, had a, a huge major financial impact and a, uh, a customer service, excuse me, customer satisfaction impact. It would have negatively impacted customer satisfaction and it was totally disregarded until it it escalated okay and so again i say it all the time is that we need more leaders and not managers because for whatever reason not everyone wants to look at the problem dig in again like i said i'm all about solutions but here This is how Toyota moved to the top of the line is because they addressed every issue. They entrusted their employees. They gave the employees on this assembly line a bell to ring whenever there was a problem. A lot of companies and you think, think back to your company or your last job or in your, um, in your profession. Do they always want you bringing up issues? Do they always want you, um, letting you know that there's a problem, or you see something that could be improved, or like how think about that. That is what Toyota did. Okay. This it says this is how Toyota de- um, dominated. This is how Toyota dominated the industry. They compressed time frames, they could execute faster than the competitors. So Yes, the 59 seconds in um, resolving the problem is amazing. I love that. But besides the 59 seconds and the time frame and the speed, they're actually wanting to resolve the problems. They're actually listening to their employees and their staff. They're actually um, identifying and working together as a team. That is what I've been trying to get across is that if we can all, we can all make um, the product better. It's not just up, up up to the top. It's not just up for the top of the company, the executives to, to make decisions. If we all played a part, OK? And not just, and this again, it does not just apply to work. This is personal. If we all helped out, we could build a better world, a better family unit, a better neighborhood. Do you see how all of this works together? This is what this podcast is all about: is about unifying solutions, practical and unifying solutions. This wasn't difficult. This is not a Hard decision. This, doesn't, this isn't calculus. This isn't statistics. This is simple. Identifying a problem, number one, there's teamwork involved, and then there's solutions. Okay? And what makes it even better, those solutions are being implemented um, in 59 seconds or less. In general, Colin Powell's example is the 40-70% rule. Okay, so I just thought that was powerful. I thought that was useful. I think that we all could apply that whether you're an overthinker or you're not. These two examples really tells us, okay, we don't need all of the information and, and guess what? We'll never have all the information. We will never, Do you know how many, how many people were, were prepared for this pandemic? None of us, no one was ready for that. Okay, so we can't always prevent or be prepared for every single situation, but it's about making the adjustment. Making the adjustment, making it work for everyone to the best of our ability. Okay, being mindful, having everybody in mind. That's what a solution is a solution with souls in mind. It's not just to benefit just one party. It's it's mutually beneficial. OK, and that's exactly what um, we've been discussing. You see how I, I can just pick a topic of overthinking and then it all um, comes back to working as a unit and working together and being mindful and considerate and um, extending grace and empathy and solving problems. It's not hard, people. It's not hard. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So, listen. So, I told my daughter, um, she's a teenager, and I told her, I said, my next episode is going to be about overthinking. I said, "Um, Do you think you're an overthinker? Because I really do think she is. And so she said, Yeah. She said, I get it from my mom. (laughs) I fell out. I said, What do you mean you get it from me? She says because you just you just do too much sometimes. I said okay, please elaborate, please explain. What do you mean that I, you're an overthinker? Because I'm an overthinker. She said, well, you're an overthinker because I mean, when um, I want to go over to my friend's house, you always want to know who's going to be there, who lives there, is there a man in the house, how long are you going to be there, what are you going to be doing? You know, she's going down this whole list, and I'm like, that's not overthinking. I said that's being prepared. That's that's gathering information so I can make a. a a wise decision you know so let's not I, I don't want you all in the, in you know whoever's listening to get it confused. I would say what she said is not overthinking thank you very much that part is not overthinking that is that is about being a um, a concerned parent and being concerned for your child's welfare and um, I'll tell you what my parents wouldn't even let me win. Period point blank. Period point blank, and especially I. Nowadays I think the rules are so relaxed, at least for my household, because my parents wanted to meet and see every single person, and I have, I have, um, I can honestly say that I have been a little relaxed on that. Because I know some of the kids, they're on the volleyball team, and so I see the parents, but I haven't really met all of them, you know? So, um, I do need to work on that. That's something that I wish I, um, would have continued such as my parents did. Um, but they were at the other extreme, so they were very overprotective. And so, because I had that experience, I tried to lighten up a little bit. Right. But there, there is a point where you can become too light. But as she said, she, she doesn't feel that I'm there yet. Like she wants more freedom more rain and that's not going to happen. But neither here nor there, that I do not consider as overthinking, that's just being concerned. So there are different levels, different extremes, and um, different levels of excess. So now I just really want to reiterate that, you know, critical thought is not a bad thing. This is something that I strongly encourage. I wish others would, um, you know, do the same not be so um so quick to believe what is being told to us or um what you read or what to think it's just it's so important to ask questions to ask questions and again in a previous episode i explained to you that i was having issues with um i'll say challenges i was having challenges with one of my managers and I had to escalate it. Right. And it went all the way up to the CEO. And what he said was that he's what he said was, I'll get down to the bottom of it. He said, if you ask enough questions, you'll get to the bottom of it. You'll get to the truth. And I was like, exactly. Like I, I've been waiting for this, you know, because HR was not trying to have it. They were they were so biased, but I was so glad to, to be underneath a CEO who, um, really was about resolution and identifying issues, just like myself. And he really wanted, you know, um, to see where the issue lied and how to best address it. Okay. And so he did just that. I am still so appreciative and, um, I encourage everyone to, to truly be a listener. And not listen to respond, but listen to resolve, and not to take sides because it really doesn't benefit anyone, you know. Because then it, it it even tarnishes your credibility. Okay, so that's why I can sit here now and be like, okay, this person was a great chief executive officer. Okay, so again, so there are pros. I'm not going to say that there's just cons to critical thinking or um, to overthinking. Overthinking. I don't think that even though what I've read refers to everything as overthinking to be negative, I don't think that to be true. And so again, that's why critical thinking is so important because you can challenge what's in a book. You can challenge what you read. You can challenge what you hear or what you see. Okay. And so I do not think that overthinking is always, um, should be seen in a negative light. Okay. Um. Can it lead to um, a negative realm or a negative um, turnout? Yes, because, again, anything in excess can be harmful. And, yes, it can cause time delays, you know, because I used to procrastinate. And so I, I had to dig deep into that. That's part of critical thinking. Right. Again, or you can call it overthinking, however you may but I got down to the problem with, with it. It wasn't just the fact that I was a procrastinator. And maybe some of you who are listening, you may say, I'm not an overthinker, but you may say that you procrastinate. Well, if you dig down deep into it, you may find that you are procrastinating because you are overthinking a situation. You are um, indecisive in your decision-making. You are. Spending too um, much time um, identifying the right the right path you should take. Okay, so that is what caused me to procrastinate. Was because I'm taking too long into making decisions for me. Okay, again, that's for me, not for anyone else. But there are many professions, especially the accounting um, profession that I was in. Um, that requires critical thought that requires, um, digging deep. Okay. So also other professions such as scientists or, or engineers, um, I would say judges. Okay. At the, at their discretion. (laughs) And there's other professions as well. So I won't go through all of them, but yes, it's all about digging deep and not being biased. That's what I'm really trying to get to. Um, and it also, Another benefit of um, critical thinking is that and overthinking to an extreme, I mean to a, not to an extreme, is that, <clears throat> is that is a, it allows for self-reflection, right? So that's how I'm able to dig down deep into the root of who I am is because I have spent a lot of time self-reflecting. You know, these I've had past few years, I've I've been blessed to have that opportunity to sit back and just reflect on reflect on who I am, why I am, what caused it? What were my experiences that, you know, may have impacted it one way or the other? And so being able to dig some people can't dig that deep because there's a lot of trauma there. And I totally understand that. Um, But that's something that I I was able to do. Okay. Um, Another positive aspect of being a critical thinker is be able to read others. To be able to read others. There's a lot that is not said that I can read. There's a lot that Um, just by maybe tone or behavior, or I can read through it, or I can get to, I can feel when something's not right. That's why I also say intuition is so important. Okay. But yes, the cons of, of being overthinker is that you lose sight. You you can lose sight of the big picture. You can lose sight because if you are dwindling down, dwindling down, to a solution, maybe that the issue that you're looking at didn't even require that much thought. Just like, just like the onion ring scenario that I showed you, that it was it was pretty much pointless. I was just curious. A lot of overthinking comes from from being curious, okay. And so that's why I say it's not always negative. That was in my free time, <laughs> okay. Um, what's another thing? Um, sometimes overthinkers can place, especially perfectionists and the perfectionist aspect of it is that you place those same expectations and requirements on someone else. And so I said that already is that you can be turning in work to a manager and you're not sure why they always kick it back. Like it's, it says the same thing. It's just different. Well, maybe your manager is a perfectionist. They want it in a specific way. And, you know, you don't know exactly why. So it's always great to ask the questions of, you know, what's the difference between this one and this one? And they may tell you, yes, yours is accurate as well. But in this format, it helps another department. Or the way that the information is extracted from the spreadsheet. Again, this is off of my experience um, that it, um, it is extracted. And so the wrong information will be sent to another department. So it doesn't hurt to ask questions. Another con is if you are perfectionist, if you are overthinker, it could impact your family. Like my daughter said, even though I say she's wrong, <laughs> she she thinks she's impacted. But um, yes, family can be impacted. There are some things that I'm like, this is just the right way to do it, and my husband will say, well, what's right? And I'm gonna say, well, this is right. You know, like if the bottom shelf. Let me just say this. If the bottom shelf is for all coffee cups and juice glasses, that's what it should be for. All the big glasses should be at the top. There shouldn't be coffee cups all throughout the shelf. You see what I'm saying? That's part of the perfectionism. So I do have a little bit of that. Yes, family can be impacted. So as I'm saying all this, what are you doing? What are you expecting from others? Are you being mindful? Is your way always right? Is your manager's way always right? Is your significant other or how are you dealing with people with these kinds of um, personality traits? Okay, how <laughs> are you avoiding them altogether? Are you being accommodating or are you compromising? This is what, this is what the outcome of this is that I want, you, want everyone to get out of. Okay, that there, there are people who are different than you. And it's important to figure out how will you work with them? How will you work around the problem? How will you solve the problem? How how will this best, how can you best address the issue for everyone to be able to work together? Okay. So again, these are just little things, but um, in an article that I read, listen to this, this really hurt me to my core, but it was so profound. Um, This article Is from the um, Psychology Today, and it calls overthinking as a self-imposed mental interrogation. A self-imposed mental interrogation. That is exactly what it is, because we are interrogating our thoughts. We are asking and answering. We are doing both. It is an interrogation. And guess what? I love it. (laughs) I love to ask questions. I love to um, find solutions. That's why it's called Kim Unity Solutions. I love it. I love it. So I hope you all found this kind of humorous, kind of interesting, useful, practical, um, something that you can apply and to think about and to know that if you are overthinker you are not alone in this you are not alone i wish i could sing i would sing you a little medley but no you are not alone um and it's great to just talk about it and to um discuss it and and let you hear my thoughts let me know if you can relate to this let me know if you know anyone um who is an overthinker or who is a perfectionist? How are, how are you getting along with them? How do you have to adjust or how do you ask them to adjust? What is that compromise? What is, what is your practical solution? It's very important to identify yourself. It's very important for everyone to self-reflect. It's very important to realize, okay, why does this bother me? Or why does this trigger me? Or why do I feel this way when I run into this person? You really need to, you know, dig deep into that. That's what self-reflection is, its finding out what makes you tick. And so that's a part of really understanding who you are. And it's very beneficial if you're really trying to find out what your purpose is. Because it's all within you. All of the answers are within you. Now, what causes perfectionism? I believe that some of my traits of perfectionism, and I always say it's always about um, progress over perfection. I'm working on progress over perfection. I do see that. Again, that's what was causing my um, procrastination, right? Was I'm always trying to have the perfect layout or the um, make the perfect decision that will have the perfect outcome. But there is no perfect. None of us on this earth are perfect. And so I have to remind myself, even though I know it, I have to remind myself. So I have to tell myself that um and encourage myself that regardless of what decision I make, I can there can be a correction to it. Okay, so that really, that really helps with my um remediation of that. But I I believe that perfectionism came into um my being um through child experiences. Because growing up, everything like certain things need to be done a certain way. Like to this day, I make up my bed military style because that's how my dad made me do it. Like he taught me that. And so while I didn't, you know, enjoy doing it at the time, I'm married now. And guess what I do? I make my bed up military time. I put that crease in it and I fold it and, you know, I make it smooth and tight, tighten it. And uh, does my husband like it? No. He says, that's why my toes curl up because the sheets are too tight at the bottom. You know what I'm saying? So. But I believe that that's the right way to do it because that's the way that I've always done it. So now I got to do it. I do it on both sides. Right. I still make up the bed military style and then he'll come right underneath me and um, right behind me and loosen his side up because he doesn't like to feel constrained. Right. He doesn't like his feet to feel constrained. So it's funny. So, again, you always leave somebody to compliment you and and to um, compromise. That's that's what we're getting to. While I do like things a certain way, there is a compromise. Okay, I can have my side still the way I want it, and um, he can have his the way he wants it. Okay? Um, But yeah, so childhood experiences. Is there anything that you do that you say this is the right way to do it? Like, do you put ketchup in the refrigerator instead of the pantry? Like, is that the right way to do it? Overthinking, I know. There I go again, right? Um, And culture. Culture, I believe, too, creates perfectionism because there are some cultures where, you know, they don't have a lot of free time to play. It's all about work, work, work. So they have to be perfect in maybe their math or their studying time or um, just their certain rituals. Their daily rituals. So just something to think about and something to extend grace to um, for those that um, do not think the same way that you think or um, respond the same way you respond or perform the same way you, you perform, right? It's all about finding common ground. How do we do that? Karma, intuition, mindfulness. Treat people how you want to be treated. Use your intuition and mindfulness, extending that grace and that empathy and that understanding. You know, I heard of a platinum rule and I can't think of, um, the gentleman that came up with the platinum rule. The platinum rule is to treat people how they want to be treated. And I love that. I love that rule, but critical thought, right? When I thought about that, it's like, okay, to treat people how they want to be treated. Well, you don't know how, that's great for people that you know, but what about the people you don't know? How are you, how is it even possible to treat them how they want to be treated? You don't know them. You don't know how they want to be treated. So what I'm saying is treat people at least how you want to be treated or how you want your loved ones to be treated. Okay. That's what I'm saying about um, karma, okay? The bare, the, bare, the bare minimum, karma, intuition, mindfulness. Treat people how at least you want to be treated or your loved ones to be treated. That's how we get a solution. That's how we get a, uh, a mutual benefit. Don't offer me something that you wouldn't offer your mother or someone you love. That's not a solution. That's my whole point. If you're not going to offer that same thing to someone you love, don't offer it to anybody else. Because it seems something's wrong there. For all the perfectionists out there, how do you overcome perfectionism? How do you improve it or um, shy away from it? I would say. And, and, over, and this also applies overthinking, is be more prepared, have a schedule, have a timeline. Having too much free time, that means you're, you have too much time for thinking instead of um, completion. So self, set yourself up for some timelines and guidelines so that you can have those decisions made um, sooner. Another thing is ask for help. If you are an overthinker and um, you want the solution to be made faster, okay, ask for help. Ask somebody else who is um, just as good as you or even better to make the decision, and that will relieve some of that stress off of you. Delegate some tasks, um, and if, if you really believe that you have an issue or if you know somebody that really has an issue, ask them to seek professional help. Because me, I'm only speaking from my experiences. I'm not a professional. And that's one of the things that I am glad about, because these past few years, it's kind of hard to treat, to to trust these professionals. Like, I really don't know. Sometimes the professionals are disregarding common sense or are afraid of critical thought because that um, goes against it, it disproves the theories. You know, so I am only speaking all of this based off of my experiences, speaking from my experiences, SME. Again, that's what this is all about. Again, like I said, know that you will never know it all. So just go with um, your best solution. I will refer to General Colin Powell's 40-70% rule. I definitely am, would like to try that. Um, I think the 59 second rule, Toyota's might be a little too uh, fast for me. I need to put a little bit more thought into that. So if you like this episode, if you enjoyed it, if you can relate, tune into my previous episodes, share this one. If you know anyone who is also an overthinker or is a perfectionist or um, is at work and and needs um, inspiration on how to be the solution, how to stay encouraged how to stay motivated, how to work with other people. This is a podcast for them. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I appreciate you all and have a wonderful, wonderful week. I cannot wait to catch up with you all um, and share my next message next week. Talk to you soon. Bye.